Welcome to episode 041, how to resource yourself and hold space for emotions. Welcome, I'm your host, Clara Bade. One Woke Mama is a journey of awakening through the raw, sometimes painful, always beautiful and definitely messy ride that is motherhood. This is our journey in mind, body and soul towards consciousness. We seek clarity, we hunt down the truth, we dive into the discomfort of healing, uncovering shadows and rising out of them back into the new woman that we're meant to be. Beautiful one, before we dive into episode 041, this is just a little flag that the Alchemy of Emotional Freedom online masterclass, which dives deep into teaching you EFT, how to work with chakras, white light, and weaving essential oil magic into all of that. That program will be running again soon for another live round. You can currently jump into that program at any point that you would like to and take yourself through the course and dive into any of the previous recordings and live videos in the private Facebook group. But if you'd like to wait for the next live round so you can learn the incredible tool that is emotional freedom technique or tapping, then please stay tuned. I will be sending out an email soon and I will be letting you know of the live date when I'm ready to go. So listen out for that. It's a powerful course. It's a life-changing course, and it's a tool that I use daily, and I cannot wait to share it with you. So let us get into episode 041. Today, we're going to be talking about resourcing yourself, finding a way to hold yourself and help yourself move through triggers that you might experience through your motherhood journey, through your life journey. And then also how to hold space for your emotions and for the emotions of your children as well. I can't wait to share this one with you. It's been sitting with me in my heart for a few weeks and I've just been waiting for the right time to sink my teeth into it. Because I have been busy holding space for myself and holding space for my family and resourcing myself through so many different experiences some of which I've shared over on Instagram. So if you're not yet a follower, head over to Instagram and find me, Claire O Wellness, and you will often be kept up to date in my stories or in my feed as to what's kind of happening with me. So let's get into it. This is kind of what I want to share first. I want to talk to you about the experience of responding to triggers that come up in your life in your work, with your children, with your partner. And it's really important to know this. When you're triggered by something, when somebody says something or does something and it brings up a really full-bodied reaction, an emotion quick to anger, frustration, even sadness, even tears instantly, or just uh, an overwhelming feeling that you're not quite able to label yet, it's really important to know that those triggers are coming up for a reason. It's usually an indication that there's something within you that is ready to be healed. And that's a beautiful thing. It's saying, I'm coming up, I'm coming out, I'm showing you that I'm here and I'm going to keep 
responding in this way until you start to pay attention. It's usually an indication that there is an emotional perception, there is a story within you that's based on something in the past, based on somebody else's story from the past, based on something that you've read and you have taken on as your own, based on story. And you have an emotional charge around that. If you're neutral about it, so for example, if somebody says to you, oh my God, I really hate when it's a gray, cloudy, rainy day. It just makes me so unhappy and starts whinging and moaning about that. If you're neutral about that and it doesn't bother you at all and you're happy for that person to feel what they feel and it doesn't trigger you, you probably will just be like, oh yeah, okay. But if you have a story around gray, rainy, coldy days and it brings up something within you, maybe you feel the same or maybe you love them and you find it so offensive that somebody cannot love a gray, rainy, cold day, you might have a reaction to that. That is actually probably the most ridiculous analogy that I've ever used. So I apologize for that. Uh, I'm not sure why my brain took me to a grain. I, actually, I do know it is a gray, rainy, cold day today. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just having a moment to myself. So this is, this is the thing, right? These triggers come up for a reason. It, they are ready to be looked at and it's all down to you. Are you willing to pay attention? I'm not going to talk to you much today about doing the work on those triggers. I mostly want to talk to you about how to resource yourself and how to work through the trigger in terms of in the moment or not long after the moment. Uh, I think I've got another example that I can give you right now. So my daughter is probably like most five-year-old girls. By the way, she just turned five. How crazy is that? Uh, she is probably similar to most girls in that she loves things, just like I did at that age. She loves objects and shiny things and bags and presents and toys. And around her birthday and around her Christmas, and to be honest, every stage in between that, there is a lot of conversation from her around receiving gifts, presents, things. I want more. Where am I going to get this? And it's a massive trigger for me. It's a huge one for me because adult conscious Claire finds it actually a little bit ridiculous and slightly disgusting that she wants so much stuff. That's not who I am anymore. Um, and it irritates me when people give her too many things. It irritates me that she wants so much of it. And it's a, a huge reaction. You can probably hear it in my voice. And this has been going on since she was even aware of stuff. I mean, even when she was a baby. She was fascinated by things. She's like a bowerbird. She would point to something on the other side of the room and before she could even crawl, she would drag herself commando style to the other side of the room to see the thing that was whatever it was, that, that thing that she was pointing to. So I can tell you very quickly where this trigger comes from. It brings back my own wounding as a child, being a similar uh, temperament and being a similar... Um, I guess similar in, in interests and passion. I loved things and shiny things and objects and I could walk into a chemist and just get lost in all the little bottles and shiny things there. And of course, I'm pretty sure that I was frequently shut down and told I couldn't have that or we don't have money for that. You know, those stories. It, it's not a big deal. So there's that part of me that has this wounded inner child that's triggered by that story. There's also, like I said, the adult conscious part of me that's rejecting stuff and things and excessive items and you know more than we need kind of attitude and of course that comes up 
And then there's also my fear and concern around what this means for her as a person. How will she move through this? How will I guide her to a point in her adult years where she no longer is so obsessed? Have I done something wrong as a parent? Um, Could I have supported her and nurtured her differently? Has she been spoiled? And just a little side note here, she most certainly has not been spoiled by me. Uh, And I mean this of no offence, but there are other people in her life that, you know, feed into the gift the gifting and the, the objects more than I do. So there's all this stuff, right? There's all this story there. But what really matters is when it happens in the moment, how I can show up in the present to heal through my body and to be with what is without too much judgment, to not bring my story and other people's stories into this circumstance with my daughter. And this all comes back to somatic practices. If you don't know what the word somatic is, it's, it's referencing the body. So soma means the body. And somatic practices are very simple, basic practices that you probably do without even realizing. There are obviously many out there, but most of them you do without even realizing. And they actually have this incredible way of moving emotion and experience and triggers through your body and helping you to regulate helping your nervous system to come back into a much more balanced state so that you can actually respond from a more grounded, centered, present state from your heart instead of from reaction and frustration and anger and your story leading the way. So before I share with you some of these ways that you can resource through your triggers, I want to dial back to my first experience with yoga. And without knowing it at the time, without having the theory at the time, I had a very um, powerful experience of understanding the effect that the body can have on regulating your stress, your nervous system, on bringing you back into center, on helping you be with what is, on helping you release and clear emotions. The first yoga experience I ever had, I, I spent most of it in tears as my body was moving into shapes and positions that physically hurt but also brought up a lot of energetic and emotional hurt and over the years of practicing yoga I came to really understand that my body was the vehicle in which I could move through experiences sadness pain trauma triggers that my body and my breath were the most powerful tools that I could ever harness to actually process and that when I didn't use my body and my breath And I tried to just spiritualize it or I tried to just only meditate through it or I tried to just consciously rise above it or I tried to just ignore it and move on and be the better person, quote unquote, that I was doing myself a massive disservice because I wasn't allowing my body to be with, release, process, hold space for, you know, just find a way to regulate that's what my body can do. That's what your body can do. So with that in mind, and then now being in this journey of motherhood with two children who trigger me constantly, it is really powerful for me to return from a theoretical perspective and also, of course, a physical, energetic and emotional perspective, the body and the power of what it can do and that the resourcing that I need. So what it means to resource is how can I arm myself up with what I need in this moment or not long after to move through these triggers and to move through this experience and to not be spiralling into the story, 
So when we talk about these resources that I'm going to share with you now, think about how you can make them your own or think about how you're already doing them. And what I invite you to do is actually to bring in more intention. Bring in more intention to your somatic practices so that you're aware of them more often and you can actually intentionally call on them and not just go after the fact, oh, I went for a walk and everything made a big difference. No, how can you go in the moment or not long after it? I've got some somatic practices up my sleeve that I'm going to harness and I'm going to use right now and I'm going to shift this experience or I'm going to help me understand it and heal through it or show up to it and enter it, enter this trigger, enter this challenging moment with my child or with myself or with my partner or at work. So let me give you some examples and it's not going to come as a surprise that the first one I'm going to say is breathe. Big, beautiful, delicious deep breaths like... <sighs> shoulders up and then back down. Breathe in. <sighs> Open mouth, exhale, let it go. Or you might find a different kind of breath in the moment is more powerful. A slow, deep breath in through the nose and out through the nose. Maybe a straw breath. Breathing in. Breathing out through the mouth, shaping it like a straw. Breath is your internal medicine that is with you all the time. I say that and I get full body chills and I feel a little bit shaky because it's just so true for me. I went to a breath workshop. If you want to read a little bit more about that on my Instagram post, you can. And it was just such a profound reminder for me, a remembering that all the medicine that I need is already within. I know that, I know that, I know that, you know that. But sometimes we have to have these wild experiences to slap the information back into us, to compound it, to intensify it. And I remembered that many years ago I wanted to get a tattoo that said breathe on it because growing up as a kid, and I shared this in the Instagram post as well, I frequently forgot to breathe, like a lot to the point where my sister would frequently go, Claire, deep breath, and I would go, <gasps> it's like I was in this holding pattern, this holding back, this fear state, controlling my breath, not fully being in my body, cutting myself off, not grounding, therefore not being in life. So breathe, deep, big breaths in the moment. And let me just tell you a story right here and now because it's the best time to tell this, of a recent experience with my son, Raphael. He's reaching to end of April and he's starting to get to that testing the boundary stage, you know, really stretching what he's capable of doing and what he wants to do and also letting me know very clearly when something's frustrating him. Now, he's like my husband. He's not very quick to anger. He's not very fiery in terms of he won't fly off the handle frequently. But it will be a slow build. And then when it does happen, it's few and far between, but it will be an eruption. His emotion will come exploding out. And it's triggering for me in the lead up to that because, of course, from whatever story I have as a child, holding space for big emotions brings up a little bit of uneasy, uneasiness in me, a bit of anxiety. And I've come a long way over the years, but it's still there a little bit. It's a bit different with Raphael because he's a slightly different child to Soleil and I can show up for him in a different way. But I'll give you this example. We were at a session for Soleil and it was predominantly something focused for her and it's a play-based environment and Rafi wanted to be involved in a lot of the things that she was doing, which is fair enough. But of course, 
out of respect for what she was going through, I had to hold him back and distract him and take him elsewhere. And he rolled with that really well. He moved through the process. He let me distract him. He let me play with him in different ways and it was all good. But I knew there was coming a moment where he was going to have to let all of that frustration and distraction and holding back out of his body. And sometimes I welcome it. Sometimes I really welcome it and I almost press the button so that I can have it come out. And I handed him my phone because I had to help Soleil really quickly with something and he was all over the place and he was just pressing the buttons on my phone. And then it was time for me to take it back. And I said, Rafi, I've got to take the phone back. I know you want it, but it's time for it to go back in mommy's bag. And I knew, I knew this was going to be the trigger for him. I knew this was going to press his buttons and it did. And he screamed and cried and kicked and he really let it all out. And it felt quite um, similar to grief, actually. He was really letting it out. He wasn't being difficult and being naughty. He was moving emotion through his body. And I sat in the hallway with all these mums and parents walking past me and I just sat there and I said over and over, you're really angry. You didn't like that mama did that. Yeah, I know. I can see you're upset. I know. I'm here if you need me. You're so angry. Yeah, I know. It's big. It feels big. And I just did that for a while, maybe a good 10 minutes. And then it became unsafe for him to be in the hallway. And it was time for me to transition him to a different space. So I picked him up and I said, you're not going to like this. And I'm not going to stop you feeling but I'm going to put you into the pram now and I might have to use a little bit of force. And that's exactly what I had to do. So I had to literally pin him down with one arm while I put his arms through the straps and clipped him in and he was livid. And this is where the breath came in. It was time for me to regulate myself in order to support him to regulate. It's time for me to regulate myself through this trigger in order for me to show up how he needed me to show up in that moment with full care and compassion and presence instead of frustration, anger, judgment, resentment. So as I held him there, I put my hand on his chest and one hand on my chest and I said, Mama's here. And I went, ah. <sighs> over and over and I said deep breaths breathe in and as I brought my nervous system down I could see him switch back online I could see him move back out of that fight or flight I could see him slightly leave that more emotional spontaneous space it is the right brain hemisphere and I could see him come back online and switch on and he reached out for me and he wanted a hug and I leant right in. And as I hugged him, I kept breathing deeply. And this was more for me at this point because I wanted to be there for him in all of that. I wanted him to know it was safe for him to breathe and hold space for his emotions and for him to feel all emotions and know that I'm telling him and the world is telling him, you are safe to feel all emotions. You don't just have to feel the good ones. And you are safe here in all of that. But as I breathed and found my way back into my center, he did too. So that's a really powerful way to show you how using your breath in the moment can support you, can support your child, can really help you with that trigger. I no longer was pissed off that he was feeling all those feelings and just wanting to hurry up and get out of that session and off we go and why are you doing this to me and this is so hard and poor mum, look what she has to go through. You're being difficult and I gave you a whole hour of play. You know, I wasn't feeling any of that. 
I could feel it starting, but through my breath, I was able to come to, oh my God, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you for moving through those feelings. I'm so proud of you for finding your center. I'm so proud of me for holding you. And it was so beautiful. It felt so beautiful. What could have been a horrible, gnarly trigger actually felt just deliciously beautiful. So breathe. While your child is talking to you about something, while your child is whinging at you, while somebody is requesting more of you, while your husband is triggering you, while you're just having a bad moment, breathe. So let's move into some other ways that you can resource. Movement is definitely an obvious one. Of course, you can't just instantly hit the yoga mat and start flowing through some vinyasa. (laughs) If you want to in the moment, there's no harm in doing that, but maybe later to really shift some emotions that might feel stuck or some triggers that are really hanging on. But in the moment, you can start to sway, move your body a little bit, rock your hips. You can even move your arms in big circles. You can even bend down to the floor and touch the ground and sway your body left to right as you're folding over. You can shake your hands vigorously. I do this a lot during sessions, sometimes when I'm really feeling a lot of stuff come through from my clients and I feel like I'm taking it off or I'm trying to move the energy through my system so I can really feel what it's about. I'll often shake my hands. I'm even doing it now. And I'll often clench and unclench my fingers and stretch my, my fingers and press press them together, like I'll actually physically use my hands rolling through your head and your neck, feeling that stretch, feeling what's stuck there, moving through your shoulders, rolling them up to your ears, back and down and incorporate the breath at the same time. Another one that I really love is hugging myself, so wrapping my arms around my body and squeezing somatic hug, a full body hug, and it just feels so deeply nourishing and nurturing. Or hugging the person that's triggering us, coming in close and asking, can I just hold you for a moment? Can I just hug? And squeezing from the top down, feeling your body. Uh, And something that came through for me during the breathwork workshop was laughter. I found myself laughing in a way that I haven't laughed in forever. The most beautiful, blissful, deeply powerful releasing breath and laughter. So laugh. Crack a joke tickle your little one, do something to shift the energy and laugh, fake the laugh until it feels like it's real laugh. So it it might seem a bit silly, but laughter or maybe singing out loud, using your voice in some way that's not yelling and that is not loud in a way that feels abrasive can really help to shift a lot. So as I said, move, move in some way, laugh in some way, speak, sing in some way. You want to physically move what's in your body out. So change your environment, change the space that you're in, change the way that you're holding your body, change the way that you're standing. Sit instead of stand, stand instead of sit. Move your hips, rock left to right. Just shift it, shift it. Energy is motion, it's moving, it's vibrational. So shift it constantly. And it's really important that you remember that the stagnancy, the stillness, the holding, that intensifies that trigger and makes it very hard for you to release it. I also love to acknowledge when I'm feeling a lot of anger and I might even say to my kids, I'm feeling really frustrated, just give mummy a moment. And I might go into the bathroom and clench my fists and just go, oh, 
and make a sound that just represents my frustration. Maybe it's even a yell in a pillow or a scream or a punch into a pillow. Maybe you're using some exertion so you can get it out safely, not on anybody else, and you can feel that anger and that rage and that frustration and shift it out. I actually did an episode a couple of um, a couple of ones back. I'll see if I can just recall the number. I think it was episode 30, 030, Rage, Resentment and Releasing It. That's a really good one to listen to if you're feeling a lot of rage bubble up and you want to shift that. So I highly recommend that one too. So this is your way of feeling into those triggers, to moving through them in the moment or not long after. And then you can start doing the questioning work. Then you can say, what is this that I'm feeling? What is this trigger about? Why is this pushing me so much? What am I not seeing? What's the story under here? What's this about me? You know, be with those triggers in a way that's so, it's like an exploration. It's like an investigation. What can I uncover here? We know that we just need to allow ourselves to process those triggers and using our body can be a powerful way to uncover the truth quickly because we're shifting the tension up and out. We're moving it through our system. And then if it's still big, go to a yoga class, go for a run, go do a weight session, use your body in a really big, powerful way to move emotion, energy in motion. Move it through. Notice what comes up and out. Notice how it makes you feel. I remember one of my mentors also said, Sometimes even watching a movie that matches the emotion of what you're feeling can be really awesome because it can trigger how you're feeling and let you actually have a release, let you have a cry, let you have a scream, let you feel whatever is in there that you might not have access to. And I have a lot of clients that say this, I feel like I need to be cracked open and I've spent so many years squashing it down and suppressing it and holding it back and controlling myself and staying in my masculine energy that I don't know how to erupt and I'm also scared to. So a lot of these somatic practices can provide you with opportunities to feel it, even if it's just incremental, to feel it and release it and bring it up and out. And maybe something like a movie or a song is really powerful for you to tune into and then let the emotion bubble up and out. And if you want to go deeper, of course, there are so many somatic practices and therapies and workshops like breath workshops or deep dive meditation practices that can allow you to really tap in further to what is under there. But today I specifically just want to arm you up with resourcing yourself, with resourcing yourself so that you can do the important work of holding space, like I described with that story with Raphael, holding space for your children and their emotions or for your partner. But here I'm going to segue into holding space for yourself, how you can learn how to hold space for your emotions and for what you're feeling. I just touched on a moment ago how a lot of my clients at first don't know how to be with what they feel. In fact, at first they don't know what they feel and then they don't know how to be with what they feel once they've identified it. They don't know how to physically feel it in their body. They can go straight into their head and they can give me the answers or the uh, psychoanalysis that they've done or their conscious understanding that they've come to, which is all still masculine and still left brain. So this is my question to present to you right now. Do you know 
how to sit with what you really feel about something and still feel safe that it's not going to consume you or harm anyone else or overtake the experience. So I'm going to give you an example here. I was working with a client recently who was describing a situation with her mother, or I guess I should say the story of her life with her mother. And I had to do quite a little bit of push work with her to get her to move past the conscious stories and the psychoanalysis that she'd done and the beautiful work that she'd done to come to a place of understanding and if not um, peace with it to some extent. And the reason I had to push is because I could really see and sense that she wasn't actually feeling or maybe never had really felt what she was holding on to regarding her mother. There was a lot of rage there, a lot of business bitterness, a lot of ugly words. And I know this because I've had this experience for myself. I've had one of my own mentors hold space for me to finally say things out loud like, my father is a fucking asshole and I hate him and I can't believe he did this and all these sort of things, which the thing is, right, on a conscious level, I don't actually think anymore and I have worked through all of that and I don't actually believe and I've made so much peace with that just as my client had but my body was telling my mentor otherwise as was my client telling me my body was still holding on to past residual pain anger frustration and hurt and the next level for releasing is through the body you know, we do all this conscious spiritual work and it begins in the head. It begins in this awareness state. It begins as a cognitive practice. It begins as we change how we respond, how we react, how we rewire, how we think, how we catch our inner mean girl thoughts, our ego. We start to alter how that drives us. But then it starts to change into a more body-based experience. It starts to move through our body we have spiritual experiences or we have huge energetic releases and shifts with Reiki healers or breathwork practitioners or whatever it is that has worked for you or that you're wanting to explore. But the body knows and the body keeps the score and it holds on to it. So at a certain point, at a certain point in your journey of awakening of consciousness, you will have to work with your body. You will have to go into your body and acknowledge what you feel and know that it's safe to do so. Maybe you're working with a practitioner or somebody like me who can hold space for you through that and can actually teach you the beautiful power of being with what your body feels, allowing it to be felt and safely releasing it, knowing that you have just detoxed some crazy toxicity, emotional, energetic toxicity from your system and that that changes how you interact with your family and the world around you. It's just epic, isn't it? Sorry, just having a sip of tea before it goes completely cold. So the body is a powerful place when we work on healing. I personally don't think it's always safe to go straight to the body, but I'm not an expert. And I think there's ways to dance around pain and trauma that we might be holding around using different modalities, you know, beginning with a bit of meditation or some yoga and bringing the breath in and some tapping. And if you were to look at my timeline, my experience over the last however many years from when I first began my journey, it hasn't been everything all at once. It first began with yoga. Yoga led me to clean up my diet and my nutrition. 
that led me to want to go further in a, in a spiritual way and I dove deep into different modalities of meditation and did my yoga teacher training and my meditation teacher training and then I did Reiki level one and two and I played with energy and I came back to yoga and I left breath work and I came back to that and you get the idea right then I was introduced to tapping and EFT and I found this really safe incredible tool that was able to tap into my energetic system tap into my psyche tap into my brain and my amygdala which stores all these trauma to literally open myself through the channels of my body and while still working with my cognitive awareness to create some powerful shifts and I wove that into my work with my clients and then all sorts of other different resources dance a huge one Journaling, another huge one. So many powerful practices. Going deeper into breath work. So you get the idea, right? You don't have to just go straight into something. You, you play with your consciousness, with your awareness, with the tools that come at you and strike you and support you at that particular moment to do that particular healing. But while I'm rambling, I'll try and bring it back here. The point that I'm trying to get through is learning how to hold space for what your body wants to feel, what your body wants you to feel and acknowledge so that you can actually release it. As you learn how to do that with your child, you learn how to do that with yourself. As I said, that story with Rafi, I was breathing and that was just as much about for me as it was for him. I had to regulate myself. I had to feel what I feel and hold space for it. But that was actually holding space for what I was feeling and, and moving through those triggers in a safe way that wasn't going to have me kicking and screaming on the spot. What I'm also talking about is, do you ever allow yourself to feel the resentment that you feel, to feel the rage that you feel, not let it leak out onto other people, not let it hurt or harm other people, but actually let your body say, you know what, you've done all this conscious work on healing your relationship with your mother or being okay with your relationship with your mother as an example, but you're actually not because still stored in the tissues of this beautiful body of yours is still so much anger and rage. When are you going to acknowledge that? And maybe sometimes acknowledging is all you have to do. And with this particular client I mentioned before that I was working with the other day, we moved into a tapping session because we hit one particular emotion in her body that immediately have had her cry. And i tools down straight, straight into tapping and I said this is it we found it we found the actual word and the actual emotion that's still living in your body we're going to go there and then I took her on this journey through that initial emotion and then we went down layers and layers and layers and we tapped into the anger the frustration the resentment the bitterness the disgust now that's what I'm talking about do you ever give yourself space to feel what's really underneath it all. Are you too busy suppressing it and squashing it because it seems too hard and you don't want to go there and you don't know how to go there and you think you're going to crack up if you do it and you think you're going to hurt people if you do it? What if I was to tell you right here and now that there is no bad emotion, that all emotions are good when you feel them, process them, release them? It's when we hold on to fear, it's when we hold on to anger, it's when we hold on to frustration and resentment and grief that's when it becomes toxicity in our system that's when it controls our life feeds into our anxiety affects how we parent affects how we wife and how we 
work and how we show up in the world, how we are as humans. You can see it right now with all these people running around buying ridiculous amounts of toilet paper in Australia because they're afraid of coronavirus or I don't know what they're doing, selling it, stockpiling, I don't really get it, but it's all fear. And they squash down so much fear all the time, they don't feel what they feel so that when something triggers them, they go straight into fear mode again and reaction mode. But when you actually allow yourself to feel what you feel regularly and honor all of those feelings, you don't hold on to them. They don't affect you. They don't poison your life and control your experience. <sighs> so I'm going to get off my high horse now. <laughs> and I'm going to let you sit with that. Let you breathe into that. Let you breathe into the two parts of this podcast episode. The resourcing, the showing up and working through your triggers and how that supports you and your children and your family and your life. And how that then feeds into understanding the power and importance of you holding space, not just for your children, but for you, for what you feel. Holding space means I am here holding this environment, containing it beautifully, energetically, emotionally, so that you can feel what you feel safely. Let yourself go there. Let yourself look at all the stuff that you've spiritualized over or you've ignored or you've been conscious about and made peace with, quote unquote, and are you truthfully through it? Did you truthfully release the emotion? Because the experience that I had with my mentor when she brought me to what I felt about my father, I was like, whoa, I didn't know this was still in there. Of course, it was in my body. And my body was now at the level saying, let's do this. Let's feel this in your body. And I did. I felt ripples of anger. I felt what anger feels energetically, not just like the anger in my head and the stories in my head. I felt what anger feels like as a vibration. And I felt that ripple through my body. And it was not scary. It was actually really awesome. And then I felt it move. And then I felt the next level up from that. And then I felt it all shift. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not angry. Like I'm actually legitimately not angry anymore because I went there and she held space for me to go there. So that's what I'm inviting you to do. And I hope that typical Claire fashion of jumbling and rambling through all of it wasn't too confusing for you and that you were able to follow that thread. It's always such a pleasure for me to come on and sit here and speak and share and talk to you and bring you into my psyche and my world and my heart and my body and share with you what I'm processing and going through. Because I am on this journey with you. There is no righteousness or guru behavior over here. And that's how it will always be for the all days of my life. I will always be in it. So I hope that as you follow me through this, that you get what you need and that you appreciate the authenticity that's coming through here because that's my ultimate goal for us to connect woman to woman, mother to mother, uh, in whichever way you are a woman or a mother, so that we can actually do this journey of awakening together. And support each other. 
So just to wrap up here, just that little reminder I shared at the beginning of the episode, the Alchemy of Emotional Freedom will be running another live round soon. I'm not going to give you a specific date just yet. So if you haven't already, jump on to clarabade.com and join my newsletter because that's where I will announce it first. And of course, meet me over at Instagram, Claire O Wellness, where I'll share it there as well. If any of this resonated with you and you're ready to move through your feelings, to tap into your body, to learn how to resource somatically, even more than what I've shared, to step into your triggers, to step forward to your children when they need you to hold space, to clear emotional mental blocks, then hit me up. I'm here and ready to welcome you into my beautiful little circle of coaching clients who I love dearly and who I work with deeply. And if that's not possible for you, then stay tuned for the Alchemy of Emotional Freedom because I will be able to support you with that tool. And that will be a tool that you will get to learn how to use for yourself every single day if you want to. And I love it when I get emails back from my clients and our members of that community saying that they're using that program and they're using the skill of EFT daily and it is supporting them in such a powerful deep way that just lights me right up okay beautiful one I'm going to leave you there at the 40 minute mark and wish you the most beautiful week ahead so much love and light to you and as always a little reminder that I am one mama on the path to woke and I hope that you choose to wake up with me too